1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 tells us the Old Testament provides for us a lot. Specific, specifically, a lot of teachings and a lot of lessons that we can learn, that we can take and apply to our lives. As I talked about this morning, I want to talk about the, the value of making wise choices. What Charles just uh, read to us from in Genesis, it details a choice that Lot made. And I think as we continue on in his life, we're going to see that that choice t- turned out not to be the wisest of choices. I've chosen this topic for uh, this, this afternoon because I thought it was something that would be very prevalent to us in this day and age. We are surrounded by choices. Choices that can greatly impact our future. Choices that can greatly impact people around us. And so we want to make sure that we are, we are looking at all these different choices and when we make our determinations and we make our decisions that we do so with a mind that, that is looking for the ability to be wise and make wise choices. You know, later on in Genesis, in chapter 14, we see as a result of Lot and his choice that he, he is caught up in the middle of a war and that he is kidnapped. His, his uncle has to come and rescue him. Later on, in Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, we see that the people of, of Sodom and Gomorrah were certainly not very kind to him. In, verses, uh, in verse 7, it says, And if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Now that is certainly an unfortunate consequence that came from his choice that he made to move into that land. Genesis 19 was later going to tell us that how he lost all of his possessions, the death of his wife, and in later on the, the incest that was caused between him and his daughters. There was great consequences to the choice that Lot made. Another man that, that we might think of when we think of making poor choices, maybe David. David, whenever he chose to commit adultery with Bathsheba, there was a lot of, un, of consequences that he suffered because of that. We saw that in 2 Samuel 12, his, his infant son uh, was killed. And then chapter 13, we see his daughter molested by her half-brother. The same chapter, another son kills that half-brother um, out of vengeance, and then later re- leads a rebellion against his father, shames his father publicly, and eventually is put to death and brings even more grief on David. All of this stemming out of David's unwise choice that he made. <clears throat> I think it's important for us, when looking at the lives of Lot, looking at the life of David, looking at the consequences they did, I think it's important for us, and it illustrates for us, that we need to be making wise choices. So let's consider that there are some choices that greatly affect our lives. There are some choices that, that when we make them, we have to choose whether or not it's something that we want to even continue in. So that means that we can maybe possibly make wrong choices. And we need to determine what to do whenever we make those wrong choices. And then we need to look at some suggestions that are going to help us make better choices. So starting this morning, I want to look at some choices that greatly affect our lives. And the first one I want to look at is, uh, is found over in Matthew chapter 11, and that is the choice of choosing Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. <clears throat> Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Come to me. 
all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Certainly, deciding to choose to follow Jesus is a very, very big decision in our lives, and it should affect our lives in a real way. And so we need to ask ourselves the question, will we follow Jesus or will we not follow Jesus? Will we become his disciple or will we refuse to accept his gracious offer of salvation? And in this decision, it should determine not just our place in eternity, but it should have a bearing on all other decisions that we make after it. We should, as a disciple of Christ, become more concerned with God's will rather than just doing our own thing. Doing what feels right to us. Consider Matthew 28, a a topic that we will be looking at quite a bit this year in 2016. But in Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So in becoming a, in choosing to become a disciple of Christ, one thing that should go with it is that we need to discipline ourselves to making His will our will. And that should coexist with our decision-making skills. When we make other decisions, we really should look at those decisions through the filter of Christ and see if they align with His will. So that is one choice that greatly affects our lives. Another choice that greatly affects our lives is our careers. I think even from a worldly viewpoint, people can see that this is a very important choice that you make in life. When, change, when, uh, when you choose a job, you should consider that there are possibly changes in job markets, changes in the, in the economy that could greatly affect it. And if you choose foolishly, you could be left with a, a financial burden which you're not able to bear, financial hardships. I don't think anybody would say it would be a very wise decision to open up say a a ski and snowboarding shop in the middle of Miami, Florida. And look at that and say that's a foolish decision to make. And so that's something that that we certainly would consider, but we also need to choose or to consider the effect that our decision could have on our marriage. Is the job that I have chosen to, to... To provide for my family, is it going to drive a wedge between me and my wife? Is it going to separate us for for long amounts of time so we don't have the opportunity to work on that relationship and to grow together? Or what about our, our family? Am I going to take a job that's going to require me to not be able to be there for my children while they grow? To be able to give them the, the teachings that they need and have to possibly, maybe maybe it's a, a a two-income family, and, and we have to leave the children with someone else to, to, for them to raise them and for them to teach them things that might not be what we, we would teach them. But more importantly than, than both of those, what does our job have in affecting our service to God? Might our job take us away from opportunities to serve the Lord, take us away from our brothers and our sisters? In choosing a career, we have to choose wisely. I think we can see that. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 33, Jesus tells us, in looking at these things, to choose Him. Choose Him first. It says in verse 33, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
So again, if we were looking at this choice through the career or through the, the lens, the filter of, of Christ, he's saying, if you choose me first, the blessings will come. Now sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that, that those blessings are exactly what we want. That's not always what those blessings are, but they're always exactly what we need. And again, it takes wisdom to discern the difference between the two. Another place that we could consider that, that is a great effect on our lives is when we choose a mate. A cho- this choice has a great deal in going into our, our happiness in the future. Turn over to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, and look in verse 4. In choosing a mate, we must choose wisely. In verse 4, it says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. Those are some strong words, both positive and negative. But it goes to show us that our choice in a mate needs to be one that we take great deal of consideration into and not just randomly just pick someone out of the crowd maybe and that this is who I'm going to marry. But we need to realize that our happiness can be changed a lot through our choice and it will even have an effect on our children, their emotional well-being, their spiritual well-being. All these things can be greatly affected by who we choose to have as our spouse. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 16 gives some great insights onto what most of the world has determined to be the solution to a poor marriage. In Malachi 2 and verse 16, we read, For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel, and him who covers his garment with wrong, or other translations say with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. Many think that that's the answer. I've chosen poorly, and, and, and my wife or my husband, whichever, they're not treating me the way I want to be. I'm not happy. Maybe I feel like rottenness in the bones. I'm bitter to the core. This is just an a un, unhappy situation that I'm in, and I want to get out of it. God says, I hate divorce. That is not the answer to that. And in fact, we go in and see if there's more involved, like children, that it gets even more hard because not only are we going to hurt ourselves in making that bad decision, but we're going to be hurting our children. As it said there, no one, it says, I hate, the, the, or, I hate divorce and him who covers his garment with violence. It is a violent act. It is a painful act. And we can see that there are horrible consequences that come from not making sound, wise decisions when we choose who we are going to marry. But let's, let's dial it back a bit. Let's not look at marriage. Let's simply look at our friends. Having cl- close friends is certainly a blessing. Again, we're going to look back to Proverbs. This time in chapter 17 and in verse 17. Proverbs 17, 17. This passage here says, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Having friends... Is an amazing blessing. It's something that, that we should be so thankful for. But we shouldn't just be jumping the gun and wanting to take a close friend out of every single person we meet. We need to vet those friends. We need to look at them and make sure that we are choosing our friends wisely because wrong friends can be a curse. Turn back over to Proverbs 12. 
Look in verse 26. Proverbs 12 and verse 26 says, The righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So we certainly can, and can choose friends that are going to be harmful to us, that are going to hurt us. The same thing was said in 1 Corinthians 15. In verse 33, when he said, Do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. We have to be careful when we choose our friends. We need to make sure that we choose friends that are going to be lifting us up, that are going to be encouraging us. We need to make sure that we choose friends that aren't going to be setting the example for us and even possibly hurting us through their own decisions, decisions that we might not even make, but just because of our relationships with them. We have to be careful when we choose our friends. And then we need to be careful when we choose where to live. This was where Lot made his mistake. When he said, I'm going to set up shop down here in this, this land that's going to seem good. It looks right to me. But we see that on the, on the other end of that, you know, business side of Lot was correct. This was a good place to live. Genesis 13 and verse 10 through 11 talked about that. It looked good. But as we read on into Genesis 13 and then we looked in verse, four, in verse 13, we see that morally, morally it was a very poor decision. On the business sense, yes, it was good, but morally it was very bad. And so we need to take care in choosing where we live. And we, we recently have, have moved over here, and we looked at a lot of different places. And I'll be honest, I would rather, I'd rather live in, in a house that's a little bit smaller, a little bit maybe needs some work done, and live in a good neighborhood where my children will be safe than buy the biggest, nicest house that I can buy in a place where I'm going to constantly be worrying about their well-being, about their safety. Or other Christians who have chosen maybe to, to live closer to things that could possibly tempt them, tempt them to neglect services, tempt them to be unfaithful to their, their spouses. When we choose where we're going to live, we need to make sure that we're not living in a modern-day Sodom or a modern-day Gomorrah. And try to avoid places like that if possible. You know, to paraphrase Isaac Newton, to every action, there is a reaction. Likewise, for every choice, there is a consequence. If you wish to increase the likelihood that we'll, that we'll see good consequences, and then we need to be making good or wise choices. So here are a few suggestions for us when we make choices so that we can, we can strive to make wise choices. Turn over to James, the book of James. One of the first things that we should do before we make any decision is we need to ask God for wisdom. We need to be going to God and asking Him for wisdom. In James chapter 1, in verse 5 through 8, He promises that wisdom. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith, without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought to not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we see here that we should be asking for God. He promises to give us wisdom, and we should be seeking for that wisdom. And Proverbs chapter 2 says that that wisdom... That, that prayer needs to be a diligent prayer. Sometimes, you know, we, we try to use God like a vending machine. When, we, when we're ready for something, that's when we're going to put our, our two cents in and try to get something out of it. In Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 1, we read, My son, 
If you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord. And discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. So we need to be filling our prayers. Filling our prayers with request for wisdom to make wise choices. Another thing we should strive to be doing is asking others for advice. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14 tells us it's good to heed the counsel uh, of others. Proverbs 11 and look in verse 14. Where, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. In fact, it is wise to heed the counsels of is wise to heed this counsel of others. Again, this is reiterated, Proverbs 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. So it is good for us to ask for advice. It is wise for us to, to, to do so and search that out. Two great sources for us to look to for counsel would be, one, the Bible. Proverbs is an excellent place for us to get so much counseling from. There is so much here for us to heed. When we're looking for that wisdom, we're looking for that advice, we need to be praying and asking God for it, but we also need to be listening through His Word to what He has to say. Another place we can go to is the older, more mature Christians. But we should never hesitate to ask others for advice. So oftentimes we hear that, that saying that well, you need to learn by your mistakes. But it is so much wiser to learn by the mistakes of those before you, those who have made the same mistakes you're about to make and can tell you it's not going to work. It's not going to work that way. You should try this instead. This is going to save you a lot of trouble. It's going to save you a lot of pain. It's always wise for us to ask for advice. And then we should commit our choices to the Lord. We should put it in His hands, so to speak. Look over in Psalms chapter 37. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 37. Start reading in verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your judgment as the noon day. We are to commit it. We are to put it in His hands. Again, in verse 23 of the same chapter, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and He delights in His way. When He falls, He will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds His hand. I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous, righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. So oftentimes when we decide to make our choices, we make our choices and then we act like we need to uphold those choices ourselves. And we do to an extent. But what the psalmist is saying here is take those choices and give them to the Lord. Make it the attitude that James talked about in chapter 4 of James. He said, don't do, say that I will do this or I will do that, but say, I will do this if the Lord wills. Let it be the Lord's will that your choices hold. You might even consider asking the Lord that if the choice is not right, if you have made the wrong choice and it's not according to His will, then Lord, by all means, interfere with that. 
interfere with the carrying out of that choice. Help me to see a better choice, a more clear choice that is more right in your eyes. The point is, we should include God in our decision making if we wish to make wise choices. And then finally, we need to look at how we respond to making wrong choices. Because the fact is, every single one of us has done that. We have all made choices that have just were blatantly wrong. Sometimes we were, we were clearly in error and it was innocent. We just made the wrong choice. Sometimes we knew it was the wrong choice before, but, but we were just so tempted that we chose to go ahead and make it anyway. How do we respond when we make a wrong choice? Let's learn from how others respond. Let's consider Lot. Lot made a wrong choice. But when he heard the word of God, he responded. He fleed when the angels told him to flee. And and we need to do so without reservation. Without the temptation to look back as Lot's wife did. We need to listen to God's word and we need to respond to his word in the way that he prescribes. Another one is Peter. Peter made a bad choice. He chose to deny Christ. Something that he, he said, I will not do. And yet he did. So if sin is involved, just as Peter did, we need to repent. Repent of those choices that we made. And then we need to serve the Lord with what time we have left. Just as Peter did. Another one to look at would be Paul. How, how many wrong choices did Paul make before he came to a better understanding of what a Christian should be. Look over in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and starting in verse 12. Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a prosecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith, with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy so that in me, so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul accepted that he had made poor decisions in the past. He accepted that, and then he accepted the forgiveness that Jesus provides for him and determined that he is going to live the rest of his life to the best of his ability given by Christ. Philippians 3, verse 14, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me doesn't sound like someone who was doing some of the wrong things that people often do today when they find they have made the wrong choices. It doesn't sound like someone who was continuing in those wrong choices, remaining in them because of maybe pride or fear. Now, Paul could have very easily said, I studied under Gamaliel. I'm a, I'm a chief, uh, I, I'm a chief Pharisee. When you look at me, I'm one of the best of the best. You're telling me I was wrong all this time, and I know I was wrong? Well, I'm, I'm Paul. I'm not going to change. I'm going to stay who I am. We didn't see that. But what's the other thing people often do today? They wallow 
They wallow in, in, in this, this pool of self-pity, feeling sorry for themselves, for their guilt, for their loss. Again, who better an example than Paul? Someone who had spent all his life persecuting and, and cutting down and tearing down Christianity, thinking he was doing it, I mean, he was doing it ignorantly, thinking he was doing a service for the Lord. When he found out just how wrong a choice he had made, how easy would it have been for Paul to just curl up and, and, and pout? To look at it and say, I, I've, I've been so wrong, there's no way Christ could ever forgive me. There's no way anyone could ever forgive me. But again, we learn so much from their responses. From these all these men who heard the word of God and who changed their lives, repented if it was needed, served the Lord, accepted that He forgave them, and made a determination in their life that they were going to spend what they had left living for God. I hope this morning, or this afternoon, that the examples of these men, such as Lot and David, I hope that it teaches us there is an important, important, there is a lot of importance to making wise decisions. It is something that we should place very highly on our priorities, that when we make decisions, we should not do so lightly. We should heed the wisdom of God and the counsels of others when we make important decisions in our lives. So this morning, I would, or excuse me, this afternoon, I would ask you, have you made the most important decision that you will ever be faced with in this life? And are you continually making that decision? Did you not just make it one time and forget about it? Or do you every day, before every decision you make, remember the choice that you made to become a Christian, to become a disciple of Christ, to devote your life to Him. That includes your choices that you make as well. I'll ask you, where will your eternal destiny lie? Because that's a choice that you can make as well. Will you follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I would encourage you that no matter what you decide to do, you will make a choice today. I hope that it will be a choice that brings you closer to God. A choice that brings you closer to Christ. And a choice that builds you up. As we get ready to sing this song, number 423. Go ahead and take your songbooks out. 423, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. I think that is so fitting a song when we think of what we've been talking about this afternoon. And it goes back to Matthew 6 and verse 33 when he says that you're making all these choices. All these choices you have in your life, make me first in those choices. Make me first and the blessings will come. Essentially he was saying trust in me. Trust in me when you have these choices to make and see if I don't take care of you. If there's some way that we can help you this morning or this afternoon, I encourage you, please come forward now and we stay and sing.